This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1648. Exchange Your Ordinary Protections for Some Valentine's Connection by Dr. Kelly Flanagan of drkellyflanagan.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD. I'm Greg Audino, your host and narrator. Happy to be with you once again, as this time we look towards the work of Dr. Kelly Flanagan. He's got a post that is very fitting for Valentine's Day though I think that you'll find it's more than applicable year-round. So let's get right into it and start optimizing your life. Exchange Your Ordinary Protections for Some Valentine's Connection by Dr. Kelly Flanagan of drkellyflanagan.com We fought all the way through our first Valentine's dinner as a married couple. My wife and I were penny-pinched clinical psychology graduate students at the time, and we decided to spend a month's worth of grocery money on one dinner at a romantic little restaurant on the outskirts of campus. Our doctoral studies were immersing us in new concepts and theories, and she'd embraced cognitive behavioral interventions as the most effective methods for therapeutic growth and change. I had just taken a course on psychodynamics, and, with the fervor of a religious convert, I scoffed at her claiming that cognitive behavioral theory barely scratched the surface of human problems and potential. My wife has never and will never suffer a scoffing quietly. She doubled down on her defense of cognitive behavioral theory, this time with some fire in her eyes. In response, I doubled the magnitude of my scoff, lecturing her about the naivety of overlooking our deep-seated drives and dreams. By the time the server delivered the stuffed mushrooms appetizer, our Valentine's Day dinner more closely resembled a Valentine's Day massacre. I suppose you could write off that fight as the unfortunate consequence of mixing two nerds with some intoxicating ideas and a couple of glasses of Cabernet. However, over the years, as a couples therapist and a companion of various kinds, I've realized there was something more significant at work that night. Specifically, we all have a part of us, deep down, that wants to be connected but the rest of us just wants to be protected. We came into the world wired for true companionship, we got hurt, and so we developed ways of protecting ourselves from the additional hurt our companions might inflict upon us. And one of our most common forms of protection is competition. In True Companions, I write, quote, Competition and connection, like anger and fear, are mutually exclusive intentions. You can't be competitive and connective in the same moment. This truth isn't always obvious. For instance, when Quinn's soccer team is playing a game, they will quickly take a knee when a player on the field gets injured, a generous show of compassion. However, 
and the moment that they take a knee, they quit competing. When play resumes, if they remain compassionate, they will be uncompetitive. End quote. By its very nature, competition protects us from the risks and the rewards of true connection. And one of the most common forms of competition is arguing about who is right and who is wrong. This morning, I was reading Matthew McConaughey's memoir, Green Lights, in which he tells a story about touring Africa. He was sitting in a cafe with two African acquaintances when they began to discuss a complicated moral issue. At the first break in conversation, McConaughey chimed in with his opinion about which one of them was right and why. The man with whom he had agreed turned on him and admonished him, saying, It's not about right or wrong. Do you understand? The man with whom he had disagreed then looked at him intensely and said, Do you understand that? Do we understand that true companionship is almost never about who is right and who is wrong, but instead about, do we understand each other? McConaughey's story made me think about Jesus. It seems much of the Old Testament was about right and wrong, which foods you can and cannot eat, which things you can and cannot do on the Sabbath, and of course those ten ultimate commandments, amongst other things. Then the entire New Testament is about, do you understand? Does God understand? Does the divine understand what it's like to live in human skin, to hunger and to thirst, to be beloved and to be betrayed, to be exalted and to be shamed, to gather together with your companions and experience one of the most simple and sacred of human moments, the breaking of bread together? This afternoon, we received Quinn's remote learning grades from the second quarter. The kid usually gets A's, and there wasn't a single one to be found on the report card. I immediately got worried about him, about his future, about my role, or lack thereof, in his poor performance. Then I got angry, because for two months he had left us with the impression that he was doing all of his work. I wanted to tell him what he had done wrong, and what was right. Fortunately, McConaughey's story and the Jesus story were still on my mind. I asked Quinn to go for a walk and talk instead. By the time we reached the end of the driveway, he was in full protection mode, expecting a debate about right and wrong and a competition about the severity of his consequences. Instead, I asked him to help me understand what happened. Eventually, as he began to trust my intentions, he opened up. He confessed to taking the easy route at times. He admitted to being overwhelmed by the digital deluge. He realized that he had gotten caught up in groupthink about which remote assignments were worth doing and which were not. By the end of the night, I understood him better, and he understood himself better. On the verge of another Valentine's Day, Quinn and I both traded protection for connection. As a result, he lost some of his screen privileges until his grades are improved, but he understands why and he understands what to do about it. And I understand my son a little more, which is like the good kind of arrow right through my heart. No Valentine's Day massacre in our family this year, just truer companionship. You just listened to the post titled, Exchange Your Ordinary Protections for Some Valentine's Connection, by Dr. Kelly Flanagan of drkellyflanagan.com. And thanks so much to Dr. Kelly for this great post, and for opening up more about his family's adventures. He shares these stories from inside his own home quite a bit in his writing, and uh, all the lessons that he learns from them. Now, I really love this article, very insightful from him. I can definitely understand what he's saying today. I think we've all been there. 
It can be really difficult to lower our defenses in the moment, though, can it? So while you're feeling inspired and non-combative, hopefully, (laughs) after hearing this article, consider talking to your partner or even thinking for yourself about what behavior you both start to exhibit when you're crossing the line into protection and, you know, officially going in the opposite direction of the connection that he talks about. What are those patterns that you follow as you enter into an argument or a more defensive mindset? Simply talking about these things in advance can go a really long way for helping us catch ourselves when, when we need to and start to focus on the right types of things. We might think about what topics, viewpoints, or ideas trigger us more easily too. The better we can recognize what sets us on the wrong path, the better prepared we'll be to face it in the moment and long term. So do not shy away from such a conversation, difficult as it may be. Okay, and that'll bring us to the end for today, everybody. Thank you, as always, for joining me and listening until the end. I hope you took something from this post. And do be sure to stay tuned for our weekly bonus episode, because that is live now, too. So I'll see you there, where your optimal life awaits.